You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of 24-7 Sports, formerly of Scout.com, now all of Locked On. No game today. Uh, no game Thursday. It is a light week for baseball. We're going to talk about this Cardinals series. We're going to talk about the Cardinals in general. We're going to handle it like we handled it a year ago, where I would just go down the line, position by position, say where the advantage is for each team. And, I mean, there's... Unfortunately, it's a relatively dead time. There's not a lot of information. There's not a lot going on with the Indians. So we'll just take advantage of this uh, time to kind of go a little bit more in-depth, talk about some things that are going on. One piece of news I did want to talk about, if you might have missed it, how about Scott Kingery, Uh, a guy at points in time I wanted the Indians to go out and acquire. He was a fantastic prospect coming up through the Philly system. Second round pick, teammate with Kevin Newman at, oh, good people mad at me, I believe Arizona, uh, not at Arizona State. Both, I think, have been a little bit of a disappointment. Kingery more so. Now, Kingery was a guy that I had as a fringe first rounder, tore through the minors, and just looked like an unbelievably talented player. Got a big contract. He is owed by the Phillies. Let's see if I can pull up his numbers. Uh, he's, he's owed a lot of money. He's owed. He signed through 2023 at a few million a year. Uh, not to just dive into the numbers in the minors, for instance, you know, he was hitting 294 with, uh, I mean, over the course of that year, a combined 304 average, 26 home runs. That was kind of the big year in 2017 for him across double and triple A. And then unfortunately for him, it just has not come together in the big leagues. I mean, that's the very specifics here. Through the, his whole career, he's got a .7 war. First year in the big leagues, he was a below-average bat. Second year, in 2019, he was a league-average bat. Uh, strictly league-average. And then 2020-2021. Now, 2021 is all of 19 plate appearances, but they decided they were done with him. Outrighted him. He is owed 6.25 in 2022, 8.25 in 2023. With a one million dollar buyout after that, they're paying him four point two five million to play in uh, AAA this year. He cleared waivers, and this doesn't happen a ton, but this is always the danger, right? Like Kingery was a pretty clean prospect profile. You understood why they gave him that extension, and early on, that extension was part of what his value, uh, why it was so great, because it was an extremely team friendly contract, and you were buying out potentially multiple years of control, having him through age 32 if everything worked out with a max salary of 15 million a year and it was an extremely clean profile then he struggled with defense he struggled with offense everything kind of came apart now philadelphia's development eh, i mean honestly go look at that team go look at the history of their first round picks it's atrocious mickey moniak right now is on his way to being the worst first round pick uh in re- first overall pick outside of brady aiken in recent memory uh, it just has not gone well for the Phillies in general. That year, for instance, before King Reed, they took Cornelius Randolph 10th overall. He never made it to the big leagues. That whole draft class, how many big leaguers did they get out of it? Two. They were picking 10th, and they got two big leaguers. 2016. 
know, Moniak has at least hit the big leagues. Jojo Romero, Cole Irvin are their other guys who they got there. And, again, that's when you're picking number one overall. Three pit, four picks in the top 107. It's just not great. Uh, 2017, they're picking the top 10 again. Spencer Howard hasn't gotten it together yet in the big leagues. Uh, he's had some, I believe, health issues. Did get Nick Maton in, uh, yeah, that's Phil's little brother, in the seventh round. Uh, Adam Hazley is a first-round pick. Uh, not what you want when you're drafting eighth overall. I mean, he's a fourth outfield type. But this is kind of my point. This is multiple, multiple years with top ten picks and absolutely nothing to show for it. Alec Baum, young, 101 games, but still has a negative war so far in the big leagues. And that was the third overall pick. See, 2019, uh, Bryson Saad hasn't had a chance yet. We'll see. But that's five, six years with the top ten pick and almost nothing to show for it. Go back to 2014. That is the draft class that worked out for them. Uh, Aaron Nola at seven. Man, Matt Imahoff. He had a really weird arm injury. Uh, Aaron Brown, third, was a guy the Indians tried to sign in 2013 or 2012 as a pitcher. Ends up being a third-round pick at 750000 Good for him to be an outfielder. But additionally, uh, Brandon Liebrandt at least made it to the big leagues, as did Austin Davis. But Reese Hoskins, as well as Aaron Nola in that class, makes 2014 really a standout and the only standout for them. Pretty much after that class, everything fell apart. Uh, not much to show for anything before or after, really. So, yeah, it's just, I, I like to look at it because we always say, oh, the Indians should lock these guys up when they're in the minors. And we often look at our, you know, uh, Ronald Aquania and how well, of course, that was after a great rookie season, in fairness there. But you don't always hear about John Singleton, who was that first baseman the Astros gave a contract to and it became a disaster, or the situation uh, that occurred here with Kingery. I mean, I had multiple times where I constructed deals to acquire him because I thought he was a really talented player we don't get them all right this is definitely a case where i got it very wrong as did many others let's be honest other than that it's a lot of minor moves on the day uh really the bottom of roster churns guys like hunter strickland designated for assignment or sam long selected by the giants the interesting one is keston huara getting optioned by the brewers he was such a can't miss bat and i mean i think he was at one point in time one of the top 10 prospects in baseball even though this was a guy who had no defensive position uh, even when he was drafted and again uh, the Phillies have really struggled with some of their picks and what's interesting yeah at one point in time so baseball prospectus had him sixth he was 17th by baseball America and 20th by uh, MLB this is not what's interesting with the Brewers is you know Corbin Burns has been great absolutely amazing it took him a year or two to get on track it's not always a, a strict straight pass with them at the same time for every corbin burns there's a Corey ray who some people thought should have been the first overall pick in this draft class and it it just never came together uh bryce terang has been a bit of a disappointment the uh the brewers do a really good job with pitching and they seem to struggle with just about everything else uh they have a really bad minor league system because these draft picks have not come together well I don't know what they do with Keston Huara. Uh, it's interesting. Like I'm looking at baseball reference in one of the Brewers blogs is how high is the ceiling for Tyrone Taylor? Like that's what they're digging for. Tyrone Taylor, I want to say is already like 27. Uh, and I know this cause I looked into him. I was desperate enough to go dig into Tyrone Taylor when I was looking at possible trade candidates for the Indians. 
he is he is 27 years of age. Wow, it's not. I don't know if that's good or bad that I, I remembered his age on the dot. And he's got a 105 OPS plus with a .3 WAR, so that is better than anything the Indians really have in the outfield. Let's be honest. But Keston Huara is interesting from the perspective if you're a team that thinks you can help him. I mean, in San Antonio in 2019, he had a 108 OPS, 329, 407, 681. Uh, for Milwaukee in 84 games that year, threw a 3-368-579-38. 2020, 212-297-410-707. Uh, this year, 130-217-222-439. I know there are people out there going, is playing that badly who's you know it, even with the low bar that has been set in Cleveland that is bad and my argument is he's exactly the type of guy you want to get because there's I mean he was a top 10 pick for a reason he was one of the top prospects in baseball for a reason he is consistently hitting the minors even at a season where he hit in the majors there's something bigger going on here if you can figure him out mentally uh so I was just kind of curious Bapip in that crate season was 402. So that's, of course, ridiculous. That's a bat pip that's over 100 points above average. Now, he hit 212 in a year with a 273 bat pip. So that's about 20 points below. This year, he's down to 220. So it does show that uh, even in his great year, he was incredibly lucky. The concerning thing is the extremely high K rate, K percentage for him uh, in the big leagues, over 30%. It's, it's an interesting profile. I, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, like I said, even in the 2020 down year, he's closer to average than than not. And then this year has just been such an abysmal disaster. And the the Brewers have moved on from guys. They are an organization who is not sentimental. Uh, he could be an interesting uh, reclamation project. And the Indians love reclamation projects. Let's be honest. So uh, on top of like the fact that you could make an argument for the Indians to trade for just about everybody on the uh the baltimore orioles i like i said i've talked about uh i just love that lineup i'm going to continue to be jealous of what they have there with all those young players and not as young players which is why there is logic in a trade just going to keep harping on that remember i was the one who started with the logic for the lindor mets trade so sometimes i'm good at seeing fit sometimes not so much but there could be a world where it's a you know keston is a first baseman probably like he's he does not have the arm to play anything other than second base and probably doesn't have the footwork to do that. If you're an Indians fan, like you know, maybe you're thinking long term, Nolan Jones is the first baseman. But if you are the Indians and you trust your developmental side and you see something you can fix, Keston Huara is exactly the type of guy they should be pursuing. His value has never been lower. Uh, his ability to acquire him has probably never been better. Uh, just looking at the Brewers as a team. You know, they've ridden that great pitching, and they're currently tied for first in the uh, Central. We've talked about, the t- I, or I should say, I have talked about the fact that they do not have a good minor league system, and that is a big issue. So one of the ways they would have to, you know, if they look to add talent, I've said for years, one of the ways would be to trade a bullpen arm. But if they're not looking to trade a bullpen arm, then some, moving someone like Keston Huara, whose stock is a little bit lower, makes sense. They went out and added um, Willie Adames already. They went out and signed Jackie Bradley Jr. That really hasn't done much for them. Christian Yelich has not been, that's two years in a row now, where Christian Yelich has not been Christian Yelich. 
they don't have much. Uh, offensively, they're digging. They are like a National League version of the Indians. Offensively, uh, they're just hoping to get closer to average. Uh, that hasn't been there. And they've got the bullpen arms. Uh, Devin Williams has come back to earth after what was an amazing last year. But Brad Boxberger, Josh Hader, they have been awesome for them. And then when you look at their starting rotation, I mean, that is where it is. Woodruff and uh, Corbin Burns, uh, that's enough. Freddie Peralta, better than you probably think. Adrian Hauser has been awesome. Fifth spot, Brett Anderson right now, not so great. But they have a three-headed monster. I mean, legitimately, this is one of the best rotations in baseball. Uh, it probably should get more love than it, it does get. So imagine if the Indians were the Indians of old with that fantastic starting pitching and a really solid pen. But that shaky offense, that's what the Brewers are. Uh, the Indians at least have that one elite bat. The Brewers do not have that. They have a lot closer to average. But I think there is a world where I don't even know what you could offer them. Uh, probably not, I, It's hard to put together for the Indians a trade because it's like the Indians don't have bats. So what bat do you trade for the fallen bat? Unless you're just really punting on this season and you're willing to move on from someone like Cesar Hernandez. If you're like, okay, we're going to have Owen Miller play there every day. At the same time, Luis Arias has not been the worst guy for them, so I don't even know if that helps. So, yeah, I, like I said, it's this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to find interesting trade ideas, trade places. I don't know if the Indians are the best fit with the Brewers. That's just the honest goodness truth. Uh, Cesar Hernandez is probably the one bat that they would look to consider moving. Uh, Luis Arias has been a league average second baseman. So, and he was one of the centerpieces of that terrible Trent Grisham deal for them. So I don't really think they're going to look to replace a 24-year-old who's been league average. Uh, so yeah, hard to find that match. That's just the truth of the matter. Again, if you haven't been ta- paying attention, uh, Christian Yelich, okay, so it's been better of late. Uh, he's got a 121 WRC+. plus. He's just not the Christian Yelich that he was. I mean, he's only 29. So the last two years, he's been a dramatically different person. Seventh on the team, eighth on the team in war amongst hitters. Uh, yeah, just not that same guy. Uh, also, this is a team currently missing Lorenzo Cain and Colton Wong, who've been high performers. So yeah, that's the. This is uh, this has been your locked on Brewers, not your locked on Indians so far today. But when it's an off day, we find things to talk about. We look for trade partners. So that's how we talked about the Brewers. We look into prospects. That's how we talked about the Phillies. Uh, it's uh, just new. Looking at the news is always a way to find something to discuss. Uh, when the Cleveland Indians are off, and when their performance hasn't left you too much to be chatty about. So by now, you've probably heard about Credit Karma. I feel like you know, I've heard them on a few podcasts, and they're always there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more with a Credit Karma money spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma is a brand new checking account where you can cash, where you can win cash reimbursements from making purchases. Just pay up your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away $3 million in instant karma to 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance required, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Only, let's see, this is going to post on the 8th. So, and when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Credit Karma money. Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning 
Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MBB Bank. Incorporated member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Let's talk about Rock Auto. Sponsor now for over a year plus on this show. You know Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a fantastic tool for you, the consumer, to make sure that you are getting a good price when your car needs a part. There are few places more intimidating than when you have to go see the mechanic. If you are someone like me and you don't have a huge knowledge base of cars, it's always like, okay, how bad is this going to hurt? How many hundreds of dollars, if I'm lucky, will this cost me? And what you're getting with rockauto.com is a family-owned American business. Been in, they've been in business for over 20 years. One central location cuts down the overhead, passes that savings on to you, the consumer. So when you go to rockauto.com, you're going to want to make sure that you tell them the, how'd you hear about us box, locked on, locked on MLB, some form of locked on that lets them know we sent you because you want to go there because this is the tool that lets you know that you are getting a good price on your car. And if you know someone who does know cars, you want to buy your parts at Rock Auto because it's going to save you money. Rockauto.com, remember to tell them locked on sent you. So let's talk about this Cardinals team. They had been in first uh, up and through this past weekend. Now they're two and a half games back and just two games over 500. What team does that sound like? Maybe some similarities with one Cleveland Indians uh, organization now. It's not quite across the board. It's a team that's performed well offensively. Uh, Tyler O'Neill finally starting to put together on some of that talent. Uh, one of those guys I've been talking about for years. Finally working out for him. They are currently dealing with injuries. Paul DeJong... The shortstop, Max Morhoff. Yes, that same Max Morhoff. Harrison Bader, who they were planning to be their center fielder. And then Justin Williams, who's one of their backup outfielders, uh, also down. And then we already, I, we did not already. I started to talk about Jack Flattery earlier. Uh, strained oblique, Dakota Hudson to Tommy John. Quang Hui Kim to back tightness. And Miles Miklos to forearm tightness. Dreaded forearm tightness, typically before Tommy John is needed. And then Jordan Hicks, who's their closer, and Cody Whitley, two of their pen pieces. Pen pieces. I mean, this is a beat-up squad. They move Alex uh, Reyes to the pen. He's a former, gosh, I think we rated him the fourth or fifth best prospect in baseball back when Taylor and I did the top 100 prospects write-up over on Scout. He, you know, he always had electric stuff. He lost a year because of marijuana, uh, I believe it was. And then there were injuries, and it just makes sense. He's got the fastball. Put him back there. He's lost so much time uh, in terms of his development. They were already beat up in the pen. Put him there. Uh, he did have a blown save about a week ago. Still, he's he's working there for them very well. Giovanni Gallegos, the forgotten guy. I say that because for a long time, the Cardinals took a lot of junk about trading Luke Voigt away. Now... They trade Luke Voigt away. They end up with Paul Goldschmidt. And Giovanni Gallegos is, I mean, that's one of the centerpieces they got from the Yankees. And he's been just an awesome reliever for them through, what, two, three years. Genesis Cabrera is probably the third guy in that pen. Uh, old friend alert, Andrew Miller, part of that pen as well. But yeah, it's it's the top three. It's it's Genesis, who's the lefty, Giovanni, and then Alex Reyes. Pitching-wise, right now they only have four starters listed. Uh, Adam Wainwright, 
Meh, John uh, Johan Oviedo. Meh, John Gant. Meh, Carlos Martinez. You know, he's a guy who's gotten pen to starter to pen. Now he's back because they need another starter. Basically, pitching-wise, they're uh, uh, full of number three starters. Uh, serviceable, but nothing too great there. Massive kudos to Adam Wainwright, though, who's about to turn 40 and it still can be like a good number three. Uh, that's awesome. Now, offensively, you know, Tommy Edelman was the guy uh, when Cardinals fans asked me if there was a Lindor trade, he was the player I'd want in that deal. Uh, Dylan Carlson. So I can't take credit for this. Taylor had a good contact who told me that Dylan Carlson was gonna, going to the Cardinals for sure. Now, we had him with their later pick in the first round. Uh, I ended up taking him with their higher pick, much like when we had information on Matt McLean that also proved, again, from Taylor, very good uh, about that where we were off. But we remember that, and he was viewed as this bit of an overdraft at the 33rd overall pick, which is kind of funny to think now. He's been one of their more successful recent first-rounders and looks like one of the best uh, players taken in that 2016 draft. He has been fantastic for them in center field big guy more of a power projection one but just had so many tools that he's working as a center fielder for them especially with harrison bader hurt paul goldschmidt you know he's not the goldie of a few years ago but he's still playing well nolan arenado they didn't have to give up anything to get him in colorado paid some of his contract i'm curious to see if he opts out uh he has been their best hitter this year probably their best player for being honest yadi molina uh, a catcher, I I don't buy into the hole that he's a no-doubt Hall of Famer. That's I'm just going to kind of make that statement and then move on. Mentioned Ty O'Neill. Finally, uh, that's one of those, again, I can go back to my time working with Taylor. Taylor was not a fan. I was a big fan. I had to fight to get him in the top 100. And uh, he's finally, you know, he's been an inconsistent player. Uh, so far, he's playing well this year. He's only 26 years of age, though. Feels like he's been around for a while. It's because he debuted at like age 23 in the big leagues. Matt Carpenter is 35, and it shows. He's just down a bit. Uh, and then they have Edmund Sosa at shortstop because of injuries. Uh, they don't end. That's part of the reason there was also talk about trying to trade for Lindor. Uh, Paul DeJong's been a bit of a disappointment. Uh, they gave him that contract, and I think right now he'd be viewed as a negative asset in any trade. Interesting team prospect-wise, where we talked about Dylan Carlson, Nolan Gorman, Matthew Libator. Jordan Walker is really making a name for himself. Uh, he's going to be one of those guys who really rises. And you'll still hear Johan Torres, who was the player. Some It was Torres and Capel for Oscar Mercado. Uh, so just matching straight up. Like who's got... So who has WRC pluses greater than 100? Well, that'd be Goldsmith, Sosa, Carlson, Molina, Edelman, O'Neill, and Arenado from their qualified people. So if you're keeping track at home, that is their first baseman, shortstop, one outfielder, a catcher, a third baseman, another outfielder, and a second baseman. So one outfielder away from a virtually a complete squad. It's a, and what is, no, they, they have a second baseman. And that's the thing. It's like uh, if they, they're a team where there would be, kind of a logic if you could find a trade i don't know what the trade would be uh for them to consider a trade for someone like cesar hernandez because then you could always shift over uh, tommy edmund can play anywhere uh, so it, it gives them that flexibility to do something else if need be 
Yeah, they offensively, you know, th- this is a team that is the opposite of the Cleveland Indians. Even someone like Austin Dean in 34 plate appearances has played well for them so far this year. Uh, some of the other players, like I, I like Lane Thomas. He's having a bit of a rough go and some limited chances for them. Uh, we know what the Max Morhoff experience is like pitching-wise. Jack Flattery has been great. Talked about some of those pen arms. Their number two pitcher by F. Fangraphs Wars, Giovanni Gallegos. Uh, Quang Hien Kim is tied for third with Carlos Martinez. They're kind of the anti-Indians. It's They're struggling with uh, pitching, but they have the hitting. Uh, I know I mentioned Ty O'Neill is kind of playing better. Uh, let's see, what is his runs created plus? It, it just, I, huh, he must not have been. I must have had my list incorrect when I was looking at it because, yeah, he's at a 149. So he is definitely over 100 as well. So that, that completes all three outfield spots for them as a team. Uh, currently raking in well. So, yeah, they have uh, embarrassment of riches, right? Uh, but in spite of that, two games over 500, uh, 2.5 back, 517 win percentage because of that lack of pitching. They've got three trustworthy bullpen arms. They have a lot of, I mean, injuries, honestly, as much as pitching. But you combine those two things and you can't feel good if you're a Cardinals fan. I mean, Jack uh, Flattery went on the uh, disabled list because he might be 10 days could be more with a serious one uh, that was on the first uh, but it was a i believe a serious oblique injury and obliques are weird and they can take a while so they are i don't want to say necessarily trending down but yeah it's not an ideal position to be if you are a fan of the cardinals we're gonna take another quick break and then we'll come back and talk about uh, tomorrow's matchup since we're taking that break it's time to go over to bet online let's see what the line is for the matchup tomorrow as it is scheduled for the Cleveland Indians. Remember, betonline.ag is our official sponsor for all things lines and such, all things gambling related. Uh, remember, when you go there, you want to use the promo code locked on. That will get you the 50% bonus on your first deposit. Hey, that's free money to play with over at betonline.ag. Line tomorrow, the Cardinals with Carlos Martinez are getting a run and a half against Shane Bieber and the Indians. You have an over and under of seven and a half. I don't know how I feel about either of those. So it's uh, the over is uh, flat 100, even money. So they're, they're betting that you're going to be under 7.5. With Shane Bieber on the mound and with the Indians offense, I could see why. I could see why it's definitely trending towards betting the under in that one. Uh, the Indians are also, most people are taking the Cardinals. I think that's, again, just a, a product of uh, the Indians' offensive struggles. Remember, you can get all this great information and be able to even, like I said, use it to find out and talk about interesting facts about your team. Find out a little bit more information over at betonline.ag. Use their promo code Locked On to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Let's go back to what I did a year ago. People told me they liked. I don't know why I got away from it. I guess just an offseason. Let's compare these two teams. Let's just go down the line and talk about who's better at each position. Let's start at catcher. Advantage Cardinals. Uh, Yachty has not been playing as well of late, but at the end of the day, Austin Hedges is kind of an offensive disaster. Easy advantage there. First base, Bobby Bradley had a great debut, but that position has been a black hole. 
Paul Goldschmidt has been above league average at Panage Cardinals. Let's go to second base. Currently played by Matt Carpenter more often than not. So when you're playing Matt Carpenter occasionally, Tommy Edmond as well. Carpenter, okay. So I'm just trying to see. In the past week, we have had two games there by Carpenter. And Edmund has had four games and two in the outfield. So we're actually going to switch that and make Edmund their second baseman by list. When you're doing that, it's advantage Cardinals. That's right, three in a row. Moving to shortstop. Edmund Sosa has played well for them this year. Uh, we talked about the offensive production. And when you go over and you look at his baseball savant data this year, uh, outs above average, 88th percentile, sprint speed, 98, max exit, 94. He's playing really well. Uh, he was always a guy who's more like a ninth, eighth, ninth, tenth prospect for the Cardinals, finally getting an opportunity, and he's running with it. Good for him, bad for the Indians, because that makes another position that we give to the Cardinals in this head-to-head matchup. Go over to third base, Nolan Arenado versus Jose Ramirez. I am always going to give the Indians the advantage at third base. I don't think there's a third baseman I would take over Jose Ramirez right now. Uh, Arenado is... About as close as it comes. He's the first player where it makes me kind of think, do I lean the Cardinals way in this matchup? I'm just kind of curious looking at their overall production. Uh, You know, I know what Jose does, but Arenado does bring defense. Am I going to talk myself out of this one? I am going to talk myself out of this one. Advantage Cardinals. This is the one case. Because again, offensively, they're very similar advantage uh, to Jose, in my opinion. Defensively, Arenado is fantastic. Jose is average at best. So I'm switching my 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 key here. Uh, so that's right. The entire infield advantage, St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, now we talk about the outfield. Um, I laugh because we know what the outfield's like. Uh, Bradley Zimmer versus Dylan Carlson, advantage Cardinals. Uh, right field has mostly been Harold Ramirez for the Indians of late. For the Cardinals, it's been Jose Rondon. Uh, 